Welcome back to Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. I'm Andrew. And our Vikes finally got the dub, the first dub of 2023 today. It wasn't pretty. Um, I know you two have some opinions about it, and I think they are, they're definitely valid, you know. We talked about at the beginning, I feel like we talked about during the, the, the pregame episode that, you know, we needed kind of a decisive, confident, feel-good win, and we did not get that. No. Um, we did not. Uh, there are, though, there are definite positives to, to today's win, and I think there are also very valid um, continued concerns that, you know, maybe this team isn't great. So we'll get into both today. Let's start with the negatives so we can end positively. Um, Hayes, what are some concerns and negatives that you saw today that are still of concern? Um, the goal line, Turnover was huge, obviously. That's now a goal line turnover in every game this season. Um, and you've won one game this year, one score game. All your games have been decided by one score. So those goal line turnovers are huge. Huge. Um, so that's something that's concerning. The fact it continues to be a problem. First half uh, turnovers as well are a problem. They had two more today. I think that bumps their total up to eight or nine first half turnovers this year. I think I think the count right now is nine from what which, I remember the graphic that I saw today, which is unacceptable. So, you know, the, and, and I, I didn't love the decision to sign Dalton, Dalton uh, Risner and not start him. He, he's now been with the team for almost two weeks. He's learned the playbook. He's up to conditioning now. There's absolute it's absolutely unacceptable to have a, a liability as large as Ed Ingram playing on the field. Um, because he, he truly, he, I understand he's been a little bit better. Is it with run blocking? He's been a little better. Is what people yeah. are saying. He's yeah. been a little better with run blocking. He is still absolutely horrible pass blocking. He just looks like a, like a deer in the headlights. He he's, he doesn't really know what he's doing. He's always running around. He's given up a lot of sacks and I would blame the second interception on Ed Ingram. Uh, the second Kirk interception on Ed Ingram today um oh 100 i mean he he got beat which then allowed kirk to get hit and throw a terrible terrible pass that resulted in them kicking a field goal to end the half yeah and uh one i guess another one more i'll give uh is uh ed oliver um come on dude you're one it's john john oliver. john oliver who is ed oliver josh it's josh oliver josh oliver none of us i don't care what his name is He is not worth the money they gave him to be inept at his one uh his one job, which is to block. Um, and we saw it on that first drive. They were moving the ball well, mixing in passing and run. There was like a nice penalty uh that got him down to the goal line. And uh you see wide open Justin Jefferson for the touchdown, but it's coming back because stupid Oliver, I'm just gonna call him that now, stupid Oliver um holds. He's supposedly the best blocking tight end in the game, and he can't he can't do that, um, which then leads to the Kirk interception. So 
Kirk was not good today, but his two interceptions are not his fault. They are Kevin O'Connell, Josh Oliver, and Ed Ingram's fault that Kirk had two interceptions today. Very good, Hayes. Yeah, I think those are all very, very fair, accurate takes. Um, the Dalton uh, Reisner stuff is definitely super confusing. Um, I'd be curious to see, maybe I'll try and pull it up while we talk today, <clears throat> if he was even active and dressed for today. Um, he definitely was. He was, you said? Yeah. So then follow-up question would be, if he did what he did last week and was, you know, uh, on the field while they kicked their, the extra points, not that that really matters, but more just out of curiosity. Um, also, I, I, I'll follow up Hayes <clears throat> with my frustrations is I am continuously frustrated at Kevin O'Connell. You have now been given, I mean, Justin Jefferson is, we say it week every single week. He is the greatest wide receiver in all in the entire NFL right now. Mm-hmm. You so you are given that huge weapon. Jordan Addison continues to be impressive. TJ Hawkinson is supposed to be a top three tight end in the league. You are given weapons to score points, and you continuously have three and outs. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't obviously blame KOC for the turnovers and the misfortunes that have occurred with those turnovers, but my frustration lies where you have a one score lead. There's a bit, I believe six and a half minutes left in the game. You have the ball. You have complete control of going down four and a half, five minute drive, either kicking a field goal or putting up a touchdown and making it a two score game comfortably. And what do you do? You go three and out. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not just that you go three and out. You get nine yards on the first play. And then you decide to do a, a, a interesting counter or delayed handoff, whatever you want to call the, the running play that then lost yards. And then you throw a deep ball on third and short. Yeah. And it's not the first time that he has done this. No, it's not. We've seen the deep ball on third and short and it doesn't work. It has yet to work. It continuously doesn't work. We also saw on the fourth and short conversion where he, where he's like, all right, yep, I, I'm going for it. We need to not have the defense go back on the field. It's fourth and two. Here's the play call I'm going to call. It's the call that he should just call every single time. A quick, uh, it's not really a slant, but like, a, like a, a curl. Yeah, a quick curl to Justin Jefferson. First down, easy peasy. Why would you not do that when you want to milk the clock? The Eagles run the same play against us and it works. Um, the Panthers were having some success with, with um, delayed handoffs and little dopey screens today. Um, so why can't we do the same thing? Like you don't have to always be cutesy and creative and I'm quotations with creative. Cause I really don't think he's all that creative. No. Um, so my negative is just the fact that Kevin O'Connell went from being, I still think he's a, you know, I, I like the positive and the players coach that he is, but his play calling week in and week out is infuriating. And I know someone had said a while back on like social media and other people have, have made the same opinion, but he needs to strongly consider taking a step back from play calling, letting, uh, Wes Phillips, uh, maybe have a more active role um, 
And just taking a step back. I think right now his his biggest Achilles heel is the fact that he's he's too much of a micromanager when it comes to play calling and it's not working. Yeah, the play calling is not good. Play calling is not good. But I'll let Andrew talk about his negatives. Um, yeah, I think you guys covered most of them, but obviously the big ones was the uh turnovers, considering both were inside the 30, one of them being you know, in the end zone at the goal line and then return for a touchdown. Um, and yeah, like the play calling, you have a chance to kind of milk the game away and you go through the game. You could end I think we've seen that um, multiple times in kind of his play calling thing. I don't think it's yet that we should be like, okay, let's turn it over to someone else. Because um, I do think he is definitely still creative. But yeah, like on third down, all you need is two yards. Stop trying to go for the big play. You literally need two yards. And, I mean, it's it's kind of like a broken record because we say it every week, but it's just simple stuff that you do to Jefferson. And you do have the highest paid tight end to do stuff with him. I mean, he was literally nowhere to be seen this game. And Kirk also just did not really play well. He also only threw it 20 times and ran it for 23 so it's like, yeah, Kirk's numbers aren't going to look great. Plus, yeah. the interceptions don't help. Um, but, like, trusting Jefferson on literally everything. Because you think even the broken play where it was a flag, I guess. I don't know if it ever was a call to flag, but they treated it as that was the touchdown where Jefferson literally kind of outjumped they, him. They did say that it was a false start on the – the touchdown play, which I will say there's a positive we can bring because how often have we seen Kirk just either throw the ball away or spike it into the ground on a free play. And in that situation, he knew that they jumped. You had an opportunity to just throw it up no matter what was going to happen. And it resulted in a touchdown. Yeah, no, exactly. That was definitely a positive. Um, And like you guys talked about the Reisner signing makes no sense if you're not going to use him especially yeah. when ingram's shown that even though he may be better at run blocking reisner is probably significantly better at pass protection um so even like i mean that was literally right before the second half we could have went up whatever we could have either took the lead and then it was another one of those point swings which yep. have cost us literally every it seems like almost every half or going into the half or every game. Yep. Um, and so that was the perfect opportunity to put Reisner, Reisner, however you say his it's name, Reisner. Reisner, Reisner into the game. I mean, you're literally starting the second half. Boom, you can put him in, and you just don't. And I think that's kind of – I think the more less changes that they make, I guess, and, like, actually sitting players when they're playing bad and being too friendly is – something that I'm kind of sick of at this point. Oh, I, I a hundred percent agree with you. You need, you need that healthy balance of, um, you know, positivity and friendliness, but also like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I kind of like, yeah, you have to be accountable. Like if you continuously fail, um, you there needs to be punishment for that essentially um and and koc mentioned that last week he said yeah and i think it was more regarded the turnovers like if you continue to lose the football you're going to be benched um but i mean i'm sorry ed ingram 
was the one on the second pick right before the for end of the first half uh, got beat that allowed Kirk to get hit and throw a ball up in the air that ended up being intercepted. And once again, at, at the bare minimum, you were looking at three points right there. Yeah. So that that's at the minimum a six point swing. Cause they ended up kicking once again, the guy, the, the guy's career long field goal from 54. Yeah. So. And I think the penalties, there was a ton of penalties today. So I think this coach or this team is literally just poorly coached. And that's why I do find it hard to have any hope or yes, faith or optimism because they barely beat a really bad team. Like you realize Carolina is like really bad by yep. watching them play. And so it's like, there's no, I don't have any hope for next week. I don't have any hope for really any week after this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really tough. There definitely there was never moments where I was cheering against them, but there were no. I wasn't cheering for them by any means, you know, because it's like, yeah, you win this game. You have the Chiefs next week. Um, and they're just steamrolling the Jets right now. Um, <laughs> on the road. Well, there's nothing that shows me they wouldn't do that to us. So Well, um, the only the only I well no, keep going, keep going. But um yeah, the negatives. Ed Ingram obviously is a joke. Yeah, he he's a joke, and if and it continues now to go into that thing of how this team is poorly coached. Because when you allow Ed Ingram, who truly he, he does his bad is so much more noticeable than his good. Agreed. To an amount that's just insane. Where it's like, dude, like Kevin, like, dude, you you can't play him. Like, like you, it's you're not just talking about like throwing some picks or or whatever you're talking about, Kirk is literally going to get injured if you allow Ed Ingram to continue to play. Um, thank goodness he's not like a left tackle, because I truly think Kirk would be dead, right? <laughs> you know, if, if if Ingram was on the left side of the line, that was and that's Kirk's blind side, uh, I, I truly believe Kirk. Okay, well, we've also no seen Kirk's uh, pocket awareness. It does not exist. So, yeah, oh, if yeah. Ingram was on the left. Awareness. And you have pretty much just a, just a blind, a big blind idiot. Just waving his arms around constantly. And now it's like you don't – you have someone that is literally a upgrade. Yep. You don't – you're not benching him for, you know, someone that might work out, might not. You're benching him for someone that will most likely be better. Yep. Agreed. First team reps all week. I would, I would have to think <clears throat> and believe that Reisner will start against the Chiefs. Yeah, that's all you can hope for. I mean – Again, you thought that he would start today. I certainly thought he would start today, or at least the bare minimum minimum get some snaps. Um, but I mean, I don't I don't get the Ed Ingram fascination at all. Yeah, I don't get it either. At all, uh, it might be like Jake Cave is Rocco Baldelli's puppet. Kevin, o, like Ed Ingram, might just be Kevin O'Connell's buddy. Like they might just. I don't together. see Kevin O'Connell having a puppet. That's the thing. I don't know. Maybe it's Quazy's puppet. I drafted him second round and he has to work out. I'm just going to uh, third round until he ruins his career. Third round pick. Third round pick coming from the SEC. I think he was like, second. He, he, didn't, he didn't play for North Dakota State. He was going up against some competent. He was second. No, he wasn't. It was. Yes, he was. No. So we had two second round picks. We did because we traded back. No, we did not. We did trade back first. Lucene, we were 13th pick, and then we got uh, the 32nd overall and like the 50 something. 
And then we traded up for Booth and took uh, Ed Ingram late in the second, or maybe even mid. I'm Harrison, I'm Googling, and I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Good job, Bob. Second round, 59th overall. So you are correct. We had two. So that actually makes it even worse, the fact that this guy is a second-round pick and this bad. Especially for a guard. Like, there's not a lot of guards going in the first round. Like, a good guard is going in the second. He he was a highly rated guard. Yeah, that people thought would be be good right away, and he's he's been nothing but terrible. Um, some positives, I guess. Run game. I was about to say, yeah. Let's let's flip over. Thirty-five rushing yards, I think, for the team today. Um, so I like the switching back between Madison and Acres. They both had a good game. Um, and the D line, five sacks, forced fumble, touchdown. The defense didn't allow a touchdown. The entire game, I think under 250 total yards or something like that. You're yeah, you're nailing all the positives, Hayes. Yeah. Again, it's the Panthers and their offense is the worst offense you'll face all year. Yep. But uh, maybe you took care of business. I mean, it doesn't yeah, you did what you did. completely you shutting them out. You did what you had to do. You gave up yeah. no offensive touchdowns, five sacks, which is definitely a season high. Um and under 250 yards, which there's no way we did that last year. I don't think so. No. We did it. I think we've done it now twice this year, under 250 total yards. So the defense is better than last year, and they played really good today. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Now I have to I have to look at my notes, because those were definitely all my significant positives was just how well the defense played. Um throw in they also got a defensive touchdown which i definitely don't think we got until it might not have even been until the the bills game last year yeah i think so because i remember we we always kept saying like oh it will come we'll eventually get a defensive touchdown and then i think it was the the kendrick's falling on the ball um and yeah i mean definitely the, the 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 positives was the fact that the defense was close to lights out Mm-hmm. And again, like you said, Panthers, bad offense, rookie QB. Um, but I mean, you 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 did what you had to do defensively. Yeah, you did. Yeah. The That's offense cool. looked rough. Um yeah, that's that's the main thing. Hitman looked awesome. He was my he was my MVP of the game. Oh, definitely. I mean, I don't know how you can't pick the guy who got three sacks and a forced fumble. Yeah. I believe all three sacks in the second half, too. Yeah. He had no sacks all of last year, three all of 2021. Okay. So, that means what? That's roughly, you're looking at about 30 games, three sacks, and then he just did did that in a single game here uh, this afternoon. So Maybe now when they blitz, they'll literally only blitz with him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It worked. It was fun to actually it – was, it was truly fun to see it be successful, um, you know. And another positive, Davenport played and played very well. Mm-hmm. Um. He picked up, you know, what he had half a sack in eleven games last year, and he picked up a sack in his first game here today. So, um, that was certainly nice to see. Um, you know, yeah, Makers played well. Eight carries for forty yards. 
couple catches or one catch maybe I don't know um but I think he looked like I think he looked very different from what Madison looks like in terms of like their style of running Madison's more of a power and I think Acres is a good complement where he just kind of shoot the gaps and pick up I mean today he was picking up yeah five eight yards every time it felt like eight yards per carry I think um Kirk's numbers are obviously down because we rushed so much but it was working so keep leaning on it yeah have have that healthy balance um but i think also and this is where koc needs to get better is you need to know how to uh go in between the run and the and the pass you know yeah um you either put together a super, super nice drive that resulted in a touchdown or a, another unfortunate red zone turnover, or you went three and out, mm-hmm. which I think so far this season, and honestly, even looking back to last year, is the recipe of Kevin O'Connell. He either has such a good play-calling stretch where they put up points, and again, last year it resulted in points. This year it resulted in, again, unfortunate turnovers, um, or they're unable to move the ball at all and they and they punt within three plays. Yeah. So he needs to figure out how to kind of put together a drive that at least gets you in field goal range. Or like, yeah, you're not going to score a touchdown every single play. And you know, you're not going to move the ball successfully every single drive. But to just not consistently go. I mean, he, he yeah, I'd be curious to see where the Vikings fall on three and outs this year. Because I bet it's towards the top of the league. Oh, I, I 100% of this. It has I to guarantee be. it was last year. And I think, yeah, I think that all goes back to the, yeah, Kevin O'Connell and his play calling. Like you said, it's just, you look at Cousins um, and the way he performed pre Kevin O'Connell in the red zone, and he was pretty good. I think I heard a stat where he's like fourth in passer rating, specifically in the red zone since he hmm. came into the league. Um, and that's only behind guys like Drew Brees. Um, so you can't say that's all on Kevin O'Connell, no. but it's odd that you bring in this guy who's supposed to make cousins better. And in sense, since he's become, uh, since, since they've become, you know, two guys together, that's, yeah. since <laughs> what, <laughs> since they got married, you know, but, uh, since they become head coach and quarterback, it's, it's been a, a downgrade cousins in the red zone. So. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I thought you were saying overall. I'm like, ah, I would I would disagree. No, no, no not Cousins overall. Definitely I, think I think he's better, better with Kevin. But oh, in the absolutely. red zone, yes. In the red zone, though, it's it's like, what the heck? It doesn't he also make doesn't sense. have prime touchdown machine, Adam Thielen. He doesn't have, seriously though, that was something they brought up was like That's Adam Thielen's be in the red zone. Yeah. Kyle Rudolph was a significantly better red zone tight end than TJ Hawkinson has shown so far in his Viking career. I also don't know if we have a rushing touchdown this year. We don't. So we that's kind of a cause for concern. I mean, I love that Justin shows Jefferson, you have, yeah. He considered a. I think obviously he's a target everywhere, but you know his job isn't necessarily red zone. That has yeah, met no. his career as a touchdown guy. He's not like Randy Moss. So you don't right now they don't really have a guy who is like your red zone target like it was with Thielen and Rudolph in the past. CJ Ham signed my baby. He's our red zone threat. No, the Vikings thought CJ Ham was going to be. They wanted to be KJ Osborne so bad. Yeah, give him three hundred red zone targets. It's just annoying. Stop. The, the The Vikings 
overestimate how good their players are. They think KJ yeah. Osborne is like this insane red zone wide receiver too. And they think CJ Ham is the best fullback in football. Yeah. And then they want to prove it. Then they want to prove it I, by just I, I have seen that uh CJ's snaps have dropped significantly from week one to this week. Like, Good. I mean, you saw, I mean, he had two catches on the opening drive in week one. And thankfully, I mean, I don't think he's had a single target in the last two weeks. He played 50% of the week one snaps. I think he had four or five this week. So yeah. um, th- th- no, I'm goodness. sure he's a very nice guy, but let's can't run two tight ends and a fullback out there. No. And Jordan Aston has been great so far, but did he have a catch today? I mean, he only had one target. Yeah, so it's just obviously Kirk only threw it nineteen times, but yeah, yeah. Um, I honestly don't even like remember Kirk's passes today. Like it was just there's it was a whole lot of nothing. It was a yeah. I mean, I we we barely had the ball to be honest. Um, I'm gonna quick. I at least it, it felt like we barely had the ball. Um, and yes, we barely had the ball. Make a quick guess. So there's you know, what, 60 total minutes uh, accounted for. What 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 is the breakdown of time of possession between the two teams? 40-20. Andrew? Mm, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> 33 to the other number, 27. <laughs> Gosh. Is it... Hayes is closer. The Panthers had the ball for 38 minutes and 29 seconds, and we had the ball for 21 minutes and 31 seconds. So they they almost had the ball two times our amount. So, um, you know, that plays a factor in the sense of not seeing the guys that you would expect to have a lot of targets and Kirk not throwing the ball for more than 20 times. Um, it's amazing that J.J. even got – six receptions for 85 yards considering we hardly threw the ball um but yeah you look at justin jefferson's numbers and you're like wow that's a down game for him he has six catches 85 yards and two touchdowns when in reality it literally, it literally is yeah oh 100 percent is like for every I other mean, player in the nfl that's like a phenomenal game for jeff just jefferson's like yeah. it's under his average andrew that's significantly under his yardage average. yes and receptions not not touchdowns though. Um, he still played. He still played lights out. Yes, he played amazing, but it's not, not as good as he should have played, considering it's a terrible team. That's not on him. He didn't do anything. Uh, right. Yeah, thank you. JJ's off limits. He's fine. Um, we'll give a quick uh, update on the predictions that everyone made here, and then, then we, hear it. then we can close out because uh, we got. A important Twins Town podcast to record. Granted, this one is important. It's good to see a win. It's nice to uh, be a little bit more positive, but still a long. It's still an uphill battle for these for this Minnesota Vikings team. But it does. I will say, I know you know it wasn't a pretty win, but it sets the week off nice to have a win. It's just I just feel so much happier. Oh yeah. I just I feel so happy when they win. So happy. Well, let's hope they win next week. Yeah. Or yeah, I'll be pretty sad. Um, Andrew, you predicted Thielen would have under 50 receiving yards. 
That is incorrect. He had 70, 70 and some change. 76. You predicted Kirk to have four touchdowns. That was also incorrect. He had two. Oh. And you predicted Jay Jets to have over 170 receiving yards. And I believe we shared he had about 86, 85. So, Andrew, you continue through four weeks, have one accurate <laughs> prediction out of 12. That is uh, – Andrew's completion percentage is it's bad. Seven <laughs> percent. Uh, Hayes, you predicted Ivan Pace Jr. to have his first career NFL sack. The Vikings did produce five sacks, but none of which were by Ivan Pace Jr. Three by Hitman, one by Davenport, and I'm blanking on Wanham. We got one, I think. That's right. Uh, you predicted the Hawkins, uh, TJ Hawkinson to have 10 receptions, 80 plus yards and a touchdown. He had two for 27. Yeah. He's putting up, uh, record breaking numbers right now. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely set the market with his, uh, with his performance so far this within the first month. You predicted Madison to have a hundred total yards and a touchdown. You were close. Madison had 98 total yards, but no touchdowns. No touchdown. I did. I did get one right. Uh, I said the Vikings as a team would rush for over 120 rushing yards. They did do that, but they did not put up 30 points and four touchdowns. Mm -hmm. And I was close with the defense. I said the defense would have two or more turnovers and three or more sacks. They had five sacks and a turnover. Oh. All we needed is one more pick or fumble. So through a month, I am five of 12. Andrew, you're one of 12. Hayes, you're four of 12. Uh, and Hayes, you and I are officially on the board for Good. the record predictions. We both predicted a win. Hayes, you were pretty close. You predicted a 21-17 Vikings win, and they won 21-13. Yeah. Andrew predicted a loss, and thankfully they squeezed by for a one-score win. Andrew is wow. I want to be bad this year. You couldn't have predicted you'd predict this bad. <laughs> good one. That was a good one. Andrew, just give like softball predictions next week. Like Mahomes will throw for three hundred yards. Kirk Kel over twenty passing yards. Kelsey will have a touchdown. And Kirk Donna will Kelsey throw it. Will Kirk will throw it twenty times. Donna, the, the camera will pan to Donna Kelsey and Taylor Swift at least fifteen times. Ooh, that could Going actually be a fun production. You, yeah, someone would have to figure out how to count that. But yes, someone would just have to eyes on the TV the entire time. <laughs> no, it's a three o'clock game in Minnesota. No chance. Taylor Swift comes. Never know. Um, any final things to say before we close this this victory episode out? I guess a win's a win. So. A win is a win. Unpretty or not pretty. Long ways to go, but makes us feel good for at least a week. Or better, I should say. Maybe not good, but better. Uh this is Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. I'm Andrew. Let's go, Vikes. Thank you.